0: Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hello, and welcome back to the Girl Means Business podcast. If you are listening to this live, then happy Christmas Eve Eve. We have made it to Christmas. I don't know. The holidays this year seemed to go by so fast. I feel like the rest of the year drug by, and then the last three weeks have just flown by. Now, if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, then I am currently driving back from our Cabin in the Mountains retreat. So this year for the holidays, we were unable to see our extended family. Normally, we have our family over to our house. We have a big pre-Christmas get-together where we eat, drink, exchange gifts, catch up on what's been going on throughout the year. It's really kind of our one time of the year that our whole family is together. And unfortunately, because of COVID, we are unable to that, to do that this year. So instead, we opted to do a little mini family getaway. So we've never actually done a trip, just the four of us, my husband, and myself, and the girls So we decided our Christmas present to the girls this year was to go and see snow for the first time. Now, being Texas natives, we don't see snow like ever. If we do, it's once every couple years and it's just a really light dusting. It's not snow you can actually enjoy and play in. So we found a little cabin to rent up in the mountains and get away for a few days before Christmas to just be together. And there's no Wi-Fi. There's very little cell service. So we're taking movies and board games and warm clothes, and we're just going to enjoy the snow. So as you're listening to this, we are currently driving back home from our little mini vacation. Um, You can probably see all of our stories and behind-the-scenes fun over on the Girl Means Business Instagram page if you want to check out what we were up to this week. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm chatting with Megan Accardo. She's a career strategist, motivational speaker, and business coach, and she's the founder and host of the Power Your Purpose podcast, which is designed to provide tools and resources you need to live a life of more influence, impact, and income. Today, Megan and I are chatting about how your past impacts your future. I know this time of year, especially for me, I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way, we start to reflect on the year we just went through. And this year, especially, there's a lot to learn from what we've experienced in the past 12 months. And looking back, we can look at what we did well, what we could have done differently, and what we want to change going forward. So in this episode, Megan and I talk about how trying all the things and reflecting on your past can help you create a stronger future, both in your business and personally. And then we're also talking about productivity and just some tips and ways that we can make sure we're getting the most out of our days. Because even though we all have the same amount of time in a day, sometimes it can seem really difficult to get the things done that everyone else seems to be doing so easily. So we talk about some hacks and some tips for ways to make sure we're getting the most of the time that we have. I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with Megan. So let's get to it. All right, guys, I am here with Megan Accardo. How are you today, Megan? I am so good. I'm so excited to be here, Kendra. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for getting on and chatting with me. I know we kind of had to do a little time adjust, so I appreciate you being flexible with me today. Life's kind of crazy being a work-from-home mom and taking care of all the things (laughs) (laughs)
1: Life happens. It does. It
0: does. (laughs) Okay. So speaking of life happening, I want to hear your story. So tell us a little bit about your background and what it is that you do and how you got into the job you have now.
1: Yeah. So I've had a Few transitions and career pivots. So I will take you back about 15 years. I graduated with my master's in family therapy and I was all set to get licensed to become a family therapist. I set up my own practice and I was doing my hours and I quickly realized that maybe I wasn't ready or maybe I just didn't like actually doing it. I liked the school. I liked learning about it. I liked the master's program per se, but I quickly wanted to transition out. And I was young enough where I could kind of just leave it all and try something new, that advantage that we have when we're young and not a lot of responsibilities. But I decided that I wanted to move away from home and work in entertainment, whatever that means. I tried a (laughs) bunch of different things. Uh, But I ended up building this career, almost 15-year career, of doing entertainment events. And so that was my... Thing that I just realized that I really, really love doing events. It was the exact opposite of family therapy, which is you meet with someone for many, many months and maybe see some changes. And this was like, okay, you have an event date, you have a goal, you have measurable results. And I was like, okay, I can do this like event thing. So I built this amazing career, really got to the top of my game. I had one of the best jobs, I think, in the industry. I worked in corporate events, but I was global head of events at one of the largest talent agencies in the world. So I was doing these big business conferences with these amazing business leaders, A-list celebrities were in the office every day. Wow. And so it was very exciting and very fun. But I think I felt, I had always kind of had this feeling that I wanted to dust off that therapy degree at some point point. And not go back into therapy, but I wanted to really empower women. I wanted to use my voice and share my stories. And I wasn't doing that in that corporate job. And so I felt like I was just kind of like 60% of, you know, doing these cool things, but it kind of felt a little bit like, okay, what's next? Like I've achieved this, like, let's figure it out. And so about a year or so ago, I decided to quit it all again, but this time with a plan and start my own business. And so I am now doing coaching. I help women really navigate better lives for themselves. So it's a it's a mix of the business side, the 15 years I spent in corporate and everything I learned as a manager. And I was managing hundreds of events a year, hundreds of people at these events. So really just learning what I had learned in the corporate world and then combining it with my clinical background. So really just helping women live better lives and more
0: lives of purpose and meaning. That's awesome. That's so cool. I love, I think it's interesting to see the lot of the women that I talked to in the interview and myself included, like the background versus where you find yourself now. And, you know, I'm raising two daughters. And so it's kind of interesting to think of like the story that, I'll get to tell them of like, this is what I thought my life was going to look like. And you might have a plan of what you think your life is going to look like, but the reality is it could look completely different. You could totally find yourself on a path that you never dreamed that you would find yourself on. So I always think it's so inspiring to hear stories of women who are like, I had this really incredible thing, but it just wasn't the right fit for me, or it wasn't this, or it wasn't that. And yeah,
1: absolutely. Story of my life and so many others. <laughs> You're so right. But yeah. so often in the middle, and I think this can be an encouragement to anyone who kind of feels like they're thinking, well, how does this all relate or how do these dots connect? I mean, we don't get to see how they connect until we look backwards. So yep. it's just the encouragement to kind of keep on going. I mean, I had no idea how it would all fit together when I was kind of in the middle and I have no idea how it's going to play out as we keep on going. So yeah. it really is just an encouragement to like just one day at a time and what maybe, maybe or maybe not, you'll see how it all fits together. But I think everything yeah. builds on each other and those skills. I always joked when I was working in entertainment that my degree in family therapy helps me work with all the difficult personalities, you know, so yep. or the challenges <laughs> that came up in events. So you can, you can reframe your experience to serve you where you are.
0: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Okay. So I know that you help women a lot with things like productivity and that transition from, you know, one phase of life to another. So I want to kind of get into a lot of those things today. Um, let's actually start with that sort of navigating that career transition since that's what we're talking about with your story and with my story. And I know a lot of women, and we talked a little bit about this before we started recording with a lot of women, whether it's in the career that they're in, they're just transitioning to a different, Role in that career or they're making a complete career change um, you know I for example my story I went from elementary teacher to photographer to now educator podcast hosts all the things and it's a little bit intimidating and scary and uncomfortable I guess is a good word for it when you are making any kind of change and so for anyone listening, I know even within your own business if you're thinking, okay well, I started off with my visit my vision for this business looking like this, but the more I get into it, the more I realize it needs to look like this, or I want it to look like this, or this is the role I feel like it needs to take. How do we navigate that? Like, how do you make those transitions without feeling like you are leaving behind something or that you're chasing something that's just a a trend or a fad or like, how do you really know it's the right thing for you?
1: It's a good question. I feel like Um, it's a loaded question.
0: I I apologize. (laughs) Just starting off with a bang. (laughs) We just jumped right into the deep end. I know,
1: right? Okay. Well, the thing is, is I think you do have to try a bunch of things. So you, you may not know exactly, but I think you have to have that overarching mission like the why of your business and really come back to that each and every day. I know I've been guilty when I started my business of like, oh, I want to do a group program and then I want to do one-on-one coaching and da, 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 da. And it's like, you have to give something a chance, like a certain amount of time. I think you have to set your goals for yourself and then give it a certain amount of time and then reassess. So you can't just, try, you know, I, I would like put an offer out into the world get like no response and be like, oh, I guess I'm going to like trash that, you know? But it's like, you have to give it some time to have some traction, right? If you're trying something new. So I would say at least three to six months, if not a year to say, if this is really the vision, the ultimate big vision, I'm going to give it some time and see how I can get some traction on it, see if it works and then reassess. But as far as just, I mean, and then there's so, you know, you have the big vision and then there's so many different ways to achieve it. And I think we have to at some point put the blinders on and say, this is like the direction that I'm going and just kind of stay the course until we know otherwise. We'll never really know if it's a right decision or not because hindsight, only hindsight's 2020, right? So nobody knows the future. You don't know how something's going to work out. I think we adjust sometimes out of fear. Like I know I did a launch recently and I kind of laugh at myself because I was like, I had the whole thing planned out. It was like this big, huge launch. And then each day I kind of like, almost like brought it down a notch. Cause I was like getting into like a fear mindset of like, Oh gosh, like, is this, Like, did I just bite off more than I can chew? And it's like, we have to always ask ourselves, like, what would I do if I was wildly successful? If I knew I was going to be successful, if there was no fear, show up in that way. Remember who we're serving. Remember, it's not about us. And really just stay the course and see what happens (laughs) and allow the magic to happen. But, you know, we just, we can't. I, I think so often we shift, directions out of fear. So you have to kind of see, is it fear where I'm like editing myself back or I'm scared to do that thing that I really want to do because of what other people will think or what if it fails or whatever, versus this is really my vision and I have to find that true north of what I want to do. And I think certainly a business is going to pivot and change over time even a career, like any sort of career is going to pivot because we want to be challenged right. and we don't want to live in that comfort zone, right? Like I would imagine any listener of this podcast wants to have that, live in that growth zone of where they're t- constantly taking on new challenges and doing new things. So I think that's normal, but it's just a matter of like staying the course.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, there's so many things you said in there that like are sparking ideas and, and- like you said, you don't really know until you look back. And I think that's so true because I can look back on different phases of my photography business and I can see where I had moments where I was growing obviously and you want your business to grow. But the fear thing was like, I would try something. I would not give it enough time to really develop into something good or bad and would make an immediate like, knee-jerk reaction of like, okay, this isn't working. I have to change it. Or, you know, and a lot of times like, and I see other business owners doing the same thing where they try something, it doesn't work right away, or they don't get the results they thought they were going to get. And then they're all of a sudden, they're like, okay, well, this isn't working. And that fear kicks in. And they think I have to do something else because this isn't going to work for me. And yeah, it's just letting those, that fear mindset like drive the direction of your business or the decision-making. And that's not a good place to be making decisions from.
1: No, it's hard. It's hard for sure. And I think any entrepreneur, anyone who is running a business is, you know, it's, it, it's human, right? We all have these fears and imposter syndrome and limiting beliefs, but really tackling them head on and Not letting them win. I realized recently that I was kind of waking up, checking social media as they, you know, say never to do, right? But it was almost like, okay, who liked my stuff? Like, it was like I was starting the morning off with this, like, looking for external validation to validate. My own business and everything that, my, like, my own content. And I'm like, I don't want to start the day off like that. So, really protecting yourself and your energy and saying no to it. It's the easy thing to do. The mm-hmm. phone's right there. It's like the easiest thing because when it feels good, it feels good. But then when it doesn't, it's like, oh, now I'm starting the day off in a weird way. Yeah.
0: Like, so really protecting yourself in that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, I recently, Made the decision that i I watched the Netflix documentary social dilemma, yes and Ugh. this is kind of getting off on a tangent, but it was so good and I've listened to a couple of different like podcasts recently talking about very similar things and So maybe rethink like how much time I'm spending on social media, like on my phone, because that's where I do the majority of my social media is on my phone. And so I have gone into my settings and I've set it up to where like it alerts me when I spend more than X amount of time on a certain app. And then I have it set to go off. So at 10 o'clock at night until 7 a.m., all of my social apps are grayed out on my phone. Like I cannot access them unless I like, Have to like turn off the setting, and I was like, "That's perfect" because that's really the time I need to be like getting ready for bed, and like in the morning I need to be sitting that morning time before seven, like getting the girls up and getting stuff ready for school, and like starting our day, not checking my phone. And I thought, "Oh, I'm being so so productive. I'm doing. I'm being so good about this." But what I have found is that in the last week that I've done this, it's like I'm not meaning to. I'm watching the clock for seven a.m. So that when 7am hits and all the, all of the notifications that I did not receive for the past, you know, nine hours, 10 hours, however long it's turned off, they start popping up. Then all of a sudden at seven o'clock, I spend the next 10 or 15 minutes distracted by what's on my phone and doing exactly what you said, which is looking for that like validation of like, okay, did that, did that post that went out yesterday? Did it do well overnight? Did anything I put out into this Facebook group, did it perform very well? And yeah, like it's, it can be all consuming, which is terrifying to some degree that that's how we are so driven by that. But at the same time, like I, I understand the struggle and it is a struggle because our brains have now been wired to look for that, which is mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's human. It's normal. It's that it's, it really is chemical. It's like Mm -hmm. your brain, you know, functions the same as it would on drugs, right? We, it's that dopamine hit. Yep. I mean, it's almost like as you're talking, I'm like, well, what if we just have like a time each week where we judge how like the last uh, post did for that week? Because as an online business owner, you have to be active, you have to be looking at that stuff, but maybe it's not like every morning. Because it doesn't really matter each morning, no. But it just matters like over time. So maybe it's like once a month or once a week you go into your analytics. But where it's like, uh, you know, quarantined. Yes,
0: <laughs> quarantine it. <laughs> well, we should I will say
1: by now, <laughs> yeah,
0: right. We sh- I will say, like, I did go in and turn off all notifications, and so I don't get notified now about Facebook or Instagram. So, and those are really the only two platforms I use. And even sometimes turning off my text notifications helps because if I'm trying to be productive during the day, which this leads into our next topic we're going to talk about, but if I'm trying to get things done and I'm distracted every time that little ding goes off on my phone, just because someone commented on a post that I did or someone you know, liked something or whatever, like, or someone wants to send you a message, which is always a bot trying to get me to buy into likes or buy into, you know, mm-hmm. followers. And like, I'm like, oh, who wants to send me a message? And then I spend, I get distracted and I start looking at other things. And so turning off notifications has been a huge help. Plus, it's kind of fun now that when I like open that, the few times a day that I go in, like open my Facebook app, I'm like, oh, I have like 18 notifications. Let's see what's, you know, instead of each and every one being a distraction in my day.
1: Yes. That is so key. Good for yeah. you. Everyone should do that. Who's listening right now? <laughs> just turn off all notifications. Oh, it's
0: <laughs> like, and I don't know. It, I mean, again, this has literally been the last week and I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. It has been a game changer, you know, because now it's, it is, it's just that there's something about having that phone. And when you see that screen light up, there's something mm-hmm. that, that goes off in our brain, which going back to that social dilemma, um, documentary, like it really is like that dopamine hit that, whatever, you know, that feeling that euphoric, like oh, what's coming, that excitement you get, like they have trained us kind of with that Pavlov's whatever the one with the dog and the bell, like that's us. We're the human experiment that they've been doing this to (laughs) and it's -hmm. working. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just up to us to take radical personal responsibility. Like you are, and you know, so many people are after watching that documentary Mm -hmm. and probably even before, but just it's up to us. Like we have to set those limits. We have to have really good boundaries and it's hard when your job is tied to those apps or mm-hmm. email even, but you've got to like put those limits on because you don't yeah. need to be doing email at 10 PM at night. You don't need to be on the apps. Like you you know, you're turning it off at 10. So
0: yeah. Yeah. And I may actually have to move that back and turn it off like earlier in the night because I just don't, I don't need, I don't need it. I don't need to be on there. I just don't. Okay. So that leads into, I want to talk about like productivity because this is something that I know I have struggled with, especially in the last few months with just being home more and family being home, my kids, my husband, just trying to get things done in a day and like never feeling like there's enough hours in the day to do the things I want to do. And I've put a few things in place that have helped. So I'll kind of tell you some of the things I've done. You can like tell me if I'm doing good or not. (laughs) But one thing, obviously the, the phone thing, like turning off the notifications has been huge. Um, And a lot of times too, like if I come into the office, I'm like, okay, I've got to get this podcast done, or I've got to get this, this email sent out, or I have to do X, Y, or Z. I will either not bring my phone into the office with me, or I will turn it on like airplane mode so that it doesn't notify me of things. Um, And that's been a huge help. But the one thing that's really been sort of organizationally helpful to me is I've kind of set up a schedule for the week. So like Monday, like my must do thing for Monday is I schedule my social media for the week. And so that's kind of my big task. And then like on Tuesday, Tuesday is maybe my like my email day where I go in and I'll like schedule the emails I have I want to send out for the week. And then like Wednesday I might go in and that's my day that I focus on like, you know, my budget and my finances and my mileage and tracking all those things and, and putting them into my system. And so it's helped me to have sort of a, a topic of the day. And then once that's done, I feel like I've made a big accomplishment and all the other little things. And of course, like the email checking and all that happens on a regular basis, but that's been really helpful for me. Um, but I would love to hear like what your tips are, what ideas you have. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Yeah.
1: So first of all, those are amazing. The first one, distractions, just cutting those out. I mean, there's so much research on multitasking and how it's just the death of productivity. I know it's in every job description is this amazing thing that people should have, right? To be able to multitask, but it takes so much time to refocus when we're distracted, even if it is one notification or an email that comes in, it takes like 15 to 20 minutes to get back to the thing that we actually want to do. So it you could waste your whole day. I mean, you know, I you work from home, I work from home. I, I literally the first Couple like weeks or even months that I was working from home, the whole day was just gone by just distractions, right? So, mm-hmm. cutting those out that's like number one. So, you are right on track. I also love your topic of the day because so often we want to do 10 things or 20 things a day, but you're really focused. I love that you're like, okay, it's just today is all about social media, today is all about email because we overestimate how much we can get done in a day. And if you have those topics, it's amazing. And because your, your brain is, is uh, focusing different on social media versus email. So there isn't that transition time. You can just like knock it all out. Same as if you had a bunch of meetings, I would say like, try to get all your meetings on one day, or you do a lot of podcast recording, you know, try to group them all in one day. So, cause you're the way that it structures is like once you're in that flow, you're in that flow. So I love sort of structuring your day in different groups. And I always have like a morning task and an afternoon task. So I have like two big blocks during the day of like two to three hours that I just try to get like one thing done. And then if I check that off the list, then I can move to the next thing. But if we are constantly trying to get like three or four things done at once, then we don't do any of those things really well. Right. So just yeah. really like trying to prioritize the the one thing and pick that one thing to work on at one time.
0: Well, and for me, a big part of it was sort of that like analysis paralysis, like the overwhelm of like Monday morning would roll around and be like, Oh my gosh, I have so many things I need to do. Like, where do I even begin? And then I would get on Facebook and not do any of them. And so yeah, totally. <laughs> and so for it, for me, the necessity part came when it was like, No, if I, I need to like really figure out what are the five things I need to do every single week, the kind of the big overarching things and make sure those five things are getting done one per day. And then you can add in the little things from there. You know, you can like Thursday is typically my podcasting day. That's when I do my editing and my uh, show notes and all those things. And I upload the next week's episode and that's a big day. So I have a lot to do that day all around podcasting, but like Wednesday, When I'm doing my, you know, my finances and my mileage, that may not take me as long, and so I can add other things to that day as needed. But just having that structure has helped keep me from feeling so overwhelmed, and that's what I think a lot of people they they look at their to do list, they're like, it's too much. I don't even know where to start, and so they just don't start.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's procrastination at its finest for sure. (laughs) And procrastination is really a habit that we develop to deal with things that bring up anxiety for us. So when you can realize the, how your procrastination shows up, social media is a huge one or binging on Netflix or even eating, or maybe something healthy, quote unquote healthy, like working out might be a procrastination technique. Mm -hmm. So when, when we can notice those procrastination things come up, we can actually say, well, what's underneath this? Why am I avoiding it? Do I feel overwhelmed? How can I get past that overwhelmed state Of just saying, okay, one thing at a time, you know, overwhelm is really a state of mind that you can get over within a second if you decide that you want to. You know, (laughs) we're smart people, but we don't always want to do that because it's facing our anxiety head on, which is scary. We're not used to doing that in this day and age where you could just avoid all of those uncomfortable feelings if you want to. So, yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I love to do is just have people do a time audit. I'm always doing time audits because we don't realize where our time goes. There's so much filler stuff in the day, even eating or getting ready or preparing for a meeting or like all of that stuff we don't put into our calendar typically. And so it doesn't get accounted for. It takes longer than we think we think we have eight hours to work or however many hours to work. And it's like, we don't really. So Mm -hmm. putting in that filler stuff and being really aware of how long it takes you to do those little things that can really help with understanding how much time you actually have to complete a task so you can be realistic with yourself Mm -hmm. and almost lower those expectations so that you're not just biting off more than you can chew to say when you face that overwhelm, okay, I actually only have two hours today to get something done. Like what is the most important thing that will move the needle forward in my business that will only take two hours that I could do right now?
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. So I had a, a mentor a couple of years ago that had me do that. It was right before I was getting ready to, or I think I had just quit my teaching job. It was the summer after I quit and I was getting ready to go in full time. And I had hired this mentor and I was really needed her to like help me kind of get organized and figure out like a new system for having all this extra, extra time and quotes, you know, that I was going to have. And she had me do a time audit. So she had me sit down and spend, I think I did three days. I had to pick the three days a week that I felt like I was the most productive. And I had to really, I mean, almost to the minute map out like, okay, I you know, I went to the bathroom or I brushed my <laughs> teeth or I went into the kitchen and had a snack or I was on Facebook for this long. And then I was checking my email for this long. And her big thing was, how many of those things are actually moving your business forward? Even when you feel like you're being productive, even when you're sitting at your computer and you're going through email or you're on social media, you know, being social interacting or updating your website or whatever it might be, how many of those things are actually pushing you forward or pushing in the direction you want to go. And it was really interesting to me to see how many things that I was doing that I thought were so beneficial to my business when really they were just filler things. And I was like, no, I don't need to spend all this time, you know, reading through emails from other, you know, people that I admire. I need to spend that time creating my own content for my audience, you know? And so that was really, and even to this day, I think about that when I'm working in my day, I'm like, is this task that I'm spending all this time on, how is it moving the needle on my business forward? Yeah.
1: You hit on something so important because I think, like you said, you maybe you were doing something that made you feel productive, but it's not actually the most important thing when you look at your highest goals and your true vision for your company and where you want to go. So I think always having those overarching goals in mind, what what your business goals are and what your main goals for the day are, because we get so distracted. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm cleaning out my closet, which is really productive, but not really doing anything. (laughs) Right. So, um, you know, because then you end up doing either some things that are very distracting, which is another form of procrastination, or you end up serving up other people's agendas because you end up being kind of guided by what other people are asking you for and it might not be what's most important for you. So you're almost Mm -hmm. living life on other people's terms if you're not very clear on what is the most important thing for me. And I think really understanding that you have to say no to a lot of stuff because we've built our schedules. I would guess anyone listening to this has a full schedule right now, right? And if you want to take on something new, or if you have a big goal or dream that you're not achieving yet, you have to actually take something out in order to be able to put something in that's going to move you forward. So really looking at what you can say no to and how you're spending your time realizing that You've gotta, you gotta like take something off the plate and practice mm-hmm. those boundaries <laughs> with oh your my time. Gosh.
0: <laughs> I'm, and I will say, like, I'm self proclaimed like the worst at this because I am one, I'm a people pleaser, and two, like, I am constantly wanting to be that person that people go to when they need something. Like, I want to be the person that they can rely on because, and I've kind of built a whole business around being the person that helps other people, but when yeah, when you spend all of your time giving to other people or saying yes to things that really are not going to, be- I mean, not not that everything should benefit you, but like really protecting your time and choosing wisely on like, what are the things you're willing to say yes to and learning that it's okay to say no and that there's ways to do it, that you're not going to hurt people's feelings, you, you know, and if, and if they get their feelings hurt because you said no, you can't do something, you can't, whatever, go have coffee with them one day, that's on them, not on you. Exactly.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We, we care so much about kind of the outcome of our choices and it's like, we can't put someone else's feelings or how someone else is going to react. We can't put that into our decision making process for ourselves. We just Mm -hmm. have to kind of of course, you know, you're not gonna act selfishly. Your your business is all about serving other people. But if you are not the best you and if you are not making time for self-care, whatever that looks like for you, or if you're not doing what you absolutely need to be doing, then you're not gonna be serving anyone because mm-hmm. you're not gonna be at the best version of yourself. So understanding what that means for you and what you need first and foremost so that you can serve others.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Well, do you have any other productivity tips for us? Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think really just scheduling in fun.
1: I see a lot of people who come to me and they're like, "I'm so productive and da 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 da,", da but then it all sort of breaks down um, because they're not they're not having any fun. I know I'm the biggest culprit of feeling the FOMO, like the fear of missing out. But if I I realize that I needed certain amounts of social time literally scheduled on my calendar and I get kind of depressed if I don't have them. So really just making sure I have like little buckets is, so I use a Google, Google calendar, but I have like color coded things. So like my social time is in green and I can look at my calendar and if there's no green, it means I'm going to have trouble that week. So (laughs)
0: really like scheduling in the fun. I don't know. That's smart. The Google calendar color code is life saving for me because I I link it to all of my other calendars and so everything has a color and I can see like if one whole week is blue, that means like my kids stuff and I have nothing else but blue. I'm like, maybe I need to add in something of my own here because I don't want everything to be about them. I love my kids, but I need other things too. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so, so amazing. I love it. Um, There was something else you said that I was going to talk about. I was going to mention. Oh, so as far as kind of protecting your time and making sure you're building in time for fun and things like that, what about, I know for people who work from home, and and this can apply to anybody, even like the corporate jobs that are working from home right now, how do you sort of shut down at the end of the day? Because, you know, when you're going into an office, you literally walk out the door and leave it kind of behind and you may bring some things home with you. But when you're working from home, and I know for me, one of the things I struggle with is that I still have my four-year-old at home with me during the day. And so a lot of times like I'm taking time during my day to do things with her. And, or like, for example, today I had to go and take my dad to a doctor's appointment or, um, you know, I might have an errand I need to go run or something like that. And so then I end up taking that time I would have spent during the day and moving it into like the evening. So how do you protect that time in, in in the evening or how do you kind of give yourself, some structure so that you're not just working 24 hours a day and not having any like sort of separation from your business. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey photographers. Are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance. But that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab a -a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet.
1: Yeah. I love this question. Well, I think you should have work hours. So even though we're working from home, you should still have some set work hours that your family knows about that you're going to be working till 6 PM or whatever. The nice thing about working from home and being your own boss too is like what you said is you could take some time during the day to do something and then maybe you do work a little later. So that you have to kind of negotiate on if you're going to, you know, Kind of shift your hours a little bit for a particular day because you want to do something in the middle of the day. But I do think having this sort of routine of shutting down your office for the day, even if you're at home, you can have a sort of ritual, we'll call it. Um, But maybe it's cleaning up all your files on your desk. Maybe it's literally thinking mentally, okay, I'm going to, when I turn off my computer, I'm gonna turn off work. So it's it's this like mental shift that you could do when you go into an office too. But like you said, when you when you work in an office, you actually leave that office. But when I was doing therapy, we had these like mental shifts where because therapy is so heavy and because people tend to take that home, like therapists tend to take that home with them. It was like, okay, when I turn off my light in my office for the day, when I close my office door, I'm actually leaving all of those issues behind the door. So you could do something Mm. like that, even though you're at home where you're like, I'm going to leave all of this work. Like mentally, I'm going to turn it off (laughs) (laughs) and just leave it behind. So I tend to like clean up my space. I turn off my computer. I turn off my lights. And so that, you know, creating these tricks for your brain to Mm -hmm. say, I'm done for the day. And then really don't go back to work once you do that.
0: (laughs) Uh, that's okay. So when you were saying that, it made me think of like, I've read all these articles about, you know, having like a bedtime routine and how important it is for kids. And then like, I do it for myself where I have sort of a, a step-by-step process of things that I do. But with my youngest one, a lot of times it is things like we go in and we turn off her lights and we turn on her nightlight and we turn on her sound machine and then we sing a song. And then like, I remember back for a minute or we'll read a book. Like we have kind of these systems in place. And that's sort of like shutting it down for the day. Like these are the things that trigger that reaction of like, okay, now it's time to go to sleep. And I think it's so crazy that I haven't thought about doing that same thing in my business of like having sort of a, a nighttime routine, but an end end of work day routine of like doing the same things to shut it all down. That's, I'm going to try that. I'm going to put that into action this next week. And I'm going to come up with like a, a work in day routine, (laughs) Yes. I
1: love it. It could even be lighting a candle. You could sing yourself a song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nobody wants to hear that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It is so important. It could be really little. It could be a small shift, but just to say like, I'm done. And similarly, you could have something, you know, when you wake up and get into the groove, right? We usually do. It's usually with our coffee. Mm -hmm. It's usually, you know, whatever we do for the start of the day. So just having that at the end of the day, I think
0: helps. I think I'm going to add pouring a glass of wine as like the the signal that the the day is over. It's time to enjoy the evening. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, well, this has been amazing. You've so much, so many amazing. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) We all have background noise. It's fine. (laughs) Like I said, the other day was the trucks in mine. Okay. You good? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's okay. I can cut all that out. It's not a problem. I've had it happen multiple, multiple times. Um, yeah, thank you. you. There's so many, so many good tips here. I appreciate you sharing all those of us. So I'm going to ask you our kind of wrap up question. So I'm, my go-to question is I'm going to ask you, what are some tools that you've used that you just absolutely love or a resource that you have? So that could be a favorite book that you've read that's helped you with your business or a mindset thing, or like a physical tool that you use to kind of stay on top of things. What do you have that you could recommend to us? Okay.
1: There's a book that I read recently called Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's all about making those small shifts each and every day. And I think as a business owner and an entrepreneur, it's so important. The mindset, the mindset game is a hundred percent of it almost, right? Like maybe 90%. And then your strategies and your actual like business processes are maybe 10%. But really just understanding that. It's all about the small shifts, it's about the small improvements each and every day getting you to your goal. You don't have to feel like superwoman. You literally can just make a 1% improvement or a 1 degree, you know, toward your toward your goal and really understanding that that's where change happens. It's not like you wake up overnight and you there's some big huge change that doesn't happen for most people in their businesses. It's really putting in the work. And he talks about in the book, Latent Potential, which I think encourages me every single day when I wake up because Latent Potential is basically all the work you're pouring into your business and into your life that you may not see the results or the fruit from right away. But just like if you were to plant a fruit tree or you were to really invest in something you're not going to see the results right away. And that's okay. It's like if you go to the gym one time and do sit ups one time and you don't get that six pack, you're not going to bail out because you know it takes work, right? But so often with our businesses, we do that. Or if you're investing in a relationship, you date for years and years and years before you marry someone. And how, why do we think that in our businesses, we just, you know, put in one little piece of, work. And then all of a sudden we see the fruit of our labor. So I think just really understanding that there's some latent potential, you are really working toward a goal. You're going to be fine. Celebrate those small wins every single day
0: and you're going to stay on track. That's so good. I, yeah, so I have the book I've read through about a little, probably a little more than half of it. It's so, so good. I feel like it's one of those books that like, I need to read slowly so I can soak it all in and like, it not be overwhelmed because again like you said you know you you want to you want to try to implement so many things and like just talking about the productivity things we talked about today like people listening to this just know that like you don't have to do everything at one time start with one thing you know like i started by shutting down my social media apps that was one step and then maybe next week i'll try another step and then a week or two later i'll try another step but yeah like it it eventually will become something that's so normal and routine that we don't even think about it anymore so that that book has actually come up a couple of times on the show. It's it's really, really good. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing So tell everybody where they can find you. I know you have a couple offers and things they can go grab for free, some courses you're offering. So share with us a little bit how people can get in touch with you, follow along on your journey, reach out yeah. to you.
1: I'm on Instagram at Megan acardo You can find me at Meganacardo.com. And I do have a productivity planner. That's a daily worksheet. It talks about the productivity killers. It talks about some of my best productivity tips, and that's available at meganacardo.com forward slash productivity. So check it out and find me on Instagram. Yeah.
0: All of that will be linked right below in the show notes. So you can go click those links and grab all the information and follow along with her. So thank you again so much for being here. I really appreciate it. and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Kendra. It's so much fun. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and checking out my conversation with Megan. Make sure you check out her podcast and all of her links that I'll have ready for you down in the show notes. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Enjoy spending time with your loved ones, relaxing, maybe unplugging a little, and just celebrating this incredible season and the fact that we've survived this year. We've got one more week of 2020. We can do it, guys. We can do it. The finish line is right there. All right. Have a wonderful week, and I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place.